Rehab Monday and we're talking about how do you fit your rehab training into your regular workouts without uh, disrupting your flow. And also we're gonna talk about what you do for testing week in the UMS if you have an injury. Stick around. What's up everybody? My name's Yanni Bormeister. To my left is Phil White, our physio, and across the table is Rad. Behind the mixers, Richie, we are Unity Gym and the Unify Movement System. We turn driven people into athletes. If you want to know a little bit more about how we do that, download one of our blueprints in the description of the replay or by jumping on our website. How are we today, boys? Great. Good. Good. Very good. Got yep. A lot going on. Yeah. New week, Monday. New kitchen in the gym. Yeah, and it's testing week here at Unity Gym and in our UMS online coaching program. So yeah, yeah. exciting, big stuff. I had an exciting weekend. It, I got a uh, new surfboard for my thirtieth from my dad, who uh, oh. finally, uh, you know, I finally lived his surfing dream, uh, where he's been trying to get into me for <laughs> thirty years. So yeah, uh, nice, he got nice. me a nice new board yesterday, and um, yeah, all high on life. It's great. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely. Awesome. When awesome. was your th- when was your birthday? Well, it's uh, coming out this week. Okay, so, Jesus, yeah. I was gonna say. But my first wave, a dolphin breached just as I was catch- about to catch the wave, and then like got this killer wave at sunset, at ferry <laughs> bower, and now <laughs> on the new board. Yeah, on the new oh, board. It's, it's just meant like, to be. Oh, it's one of those. It's meant to be. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Look at yeah. Excited to talk physio questions today. So um, there haven't been too many issues over the um, last week on the group. Not many people asking injury questions, which is great. I think it's a testament to the great programming here. But um. Yeah, if you do have any specific questions, make sure to get them in the comments if you are watching live on the UMS Movement Mastermind group. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, a couple of, like probably two agendas today. Uh, The first one is to talk about how to fit a rehab module into your program without disrupting the entire program, which is really important. And that came off the back of a few people asking that question last week. And second of all, because it's testing week, we also really want to cover the concept of testing and the testing protocols that we do here at Unity Gym and in the Unify Movement System Online Coaching uh, if you have sustained an issue or an injury. And we had a good um, question from Kevin Lee, who's one of our superstar online clients, uh, come in over the weekend. Um, He's feeling like he's got a little bit of uh, forearm uh, tendinopathy, golfer's elbow or um, tennis elbow. elbow. It was tennis elbow, yeah. And uh, which which re- um, is referring to the outer side of the forearm uh, as opposed to the sort of inside uh, of the elbow. And, um, you know, he wanted to know whether he should still test or um, throw in the towel and just focus on um, overcoming that issue. So first and foremost, why don't we... Um, Talk about that. Yeah. Don't let injuries derail your goals. Like Yeah. Simple. Boom. The, you heard it first <laughs> right here. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. There's always something that you can do. And, um, you know, Kevin, of course, you're not doing this, what I'm about to say, but, uh, but a lot of people, it's along the same vein as, you know, I've injured my forearms. I'm going to take a break from training for a little while. And it's just, it's just not the way to go. Um, injuries are a part of life. It's a part of training. And um, Yanni was even saying last week that Charles Poliquin used to say that if you, if you don't get um, tendinopathy in your forearms, you're probably not training hard enough. Um, whether we agree with that or not, those are the words of you know one of the most renowned strength coaches of the modern era. And I, I and also I, we also had that backed up when I spoke to a good friend of ours, Ben Pakolsky, who was a um, IFBB pro 
Olympia bodybuilder, he said every time I went and did a program with Charles, which he did on multiple occasions, he came out with forearm tendinopathy yeah. and had to rehab that for a while yeah. afterwards because Charles loved his thick grip training. Everything he did was with a, with a thicker bar, much more demand on the gripping muscles and the forearms just get blown out as a result. Yeah, yeah the takeaway message there is not like in yourself because it's cool but rather <laughs> uh, <laughs> focus on like there's just so much you can do um and with testing week especially like you can be testing your lower body really effectively there um and yeah you don't need to totally derailed by some elbow pain well so. i was actually going to say the takeaway message is go hard or go home no look yeah what my response to kevin my response to kevin in the group was really simple um, up, princess, shut <laughs> up. My response was that you should still go ahead with all the lower body testing, probably without the deadlift, unless well, yeah, unless straps. you use yeah, straps, straps and there's no discomfort. Yeah. So if you can use straps uh, and you eliminate the the you know the discomfort, and just remember, pay attention to how it feels on the first couple of reps, not once you're warmed up. This is specific to Kevin or someone with tendinopathy because you tend to your pain threshold with an injury will tend to go up as the workout um, moves progresses because you warm up and, and all of that and you want to sort of make, use the gauges at w when you're not fully warmed up because we want to manage that uh, load for the injured tissue and um, yeah but go for it still dive in there's heaps of assessments you can do that aren't going to I mean it, really and this is important make it real simple anything that doesn't aggravate the issue uh, that doesn't take you above about a four or five out of ten on your discomfort meter you should still do yep yeah, and there are ways that you can yeah adapt certain exercises like deadlift or carries with using straps to facilitate that. Um, probably worth noting on your testing that um, you know you have done that for future reference because if you look back and you're like, wow, I really PB that. that yeah, like, that's straps right. Straps do help because grip yep. is often the uh, limiting factor. But also um, for squats, if you are doing low bar squats, um, that position be quite can be quite pain painful for people with medial elbow um, pain. So uh, you know, changing that up to a, a high bar or a front squat to um, adapt that but yeah if there's certain exercises that you're testing and, and it totally and it's really uncomfortable try and find a like um, a similar movement that's would have developed over the um, that meter cycle and yeah so. there's the, the thing to remember guys is that testing is it's a very nice um, uh, way to see where you're at you know like I, I, I of course am like this week I'm excited to see where all my lifts are at um, but it also, and probably more importantly, is to, it's used as a tool to determine what you need most for the next mesocycle. So you may not, in Kevin's case, you may not be able to really get a true maximal um, uh, lift, um, but you can still definitely see where your weak links are and determine what you need to work on for the next mesocycle. I feel like we're, uh, does anyone else get the impression that we're on a lopsided boat in, in the replay? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watched uh we watched the navy movie greyhound on the weekend and i, I feel like we might be on that boat yeah. um anyway um what uh where was i going with that yeah kevin test away basically yeah test away and yeah, then for, sure. for upper body what would you recommend there like just to oh, look i think that for the for the yeah the most part you're not going to be able to squeeze things like the pull-up is probably going to be pro problematic and you may just have to either eliminate certain movements and not get a full tr um, testing cycle done or um, 
you know, as you warm up, as I said, use that discomfort as a gauge. You really shouldn't be going over a four or five. Otherwise, you're probably going to really um, uh, make the issue worse. Yeah. And yeah, um, I'd say go, go through the movements um, at a tolerable sort of level and play around with uh, different hand grips. Often if it is a lateral elbow um, condition, then doing something like a supinated pull-up um, can you know might, be a bit more comfortable. Right. Yep. Or even a neutral grip. But playing around with that so you can keep the movements going and then really getting stuck into... Um, the actual targeted uh, forearm muscle rehab exercises because as we know with tendinopathy anyone who's watched this before will know that yeah it's all about getting that sort of load right so it's not stopping it's not um, you know just pushing through it's just trying to find that that right level so yeah yeah absolutely all right so you all have heard it there if you are testing this week and you've got a little niggle or something like that don't throw the towel in on all of the tests you adapt the tests. Remember, there's also the, um, the the third thing we haven't really spoken about here is the concept of greasing the groove in those movements and just really banking some more reps, uh, practicing the protocols and uh, and working through that testing um, despite, you know, not being able to go to your full true six rep maximum. Yeah, I mean, look, at Unity Gym, the way that we do things here, the, the program at its core of what we do at Unity Gym is the same as the UMS online coaching. But the way that it's delivered is unique to the experience that we have to give to people in a group at the gym and when we have a strict one hour time limit. So we have a certain way of doing things. And for example, when it comes to testing week, for our members that are new to Unity Gym, even, even experienced members, for the first two times they do a testing week, we don't actually get them to test anything. We get them just to practice the movements. So they do the three strength training movements that are on Monday, like everybody else is doing, but they're not testing anything. All they're doing is um, banking reps and getting used to volume, so that by the first time they do a testing week, um, they've, they've done the movements before, they understand how to do it, and they're not learning how to do the movements. It's now, okay, let's do these things that I've practiced before and I know what to do and I'm gonna try and lift more weight. Um, so if you're somebody that's new to testing week, if you've just finished the foundations program, like I wanna even, even take this moment here to say, um, you know, I think, I think we can relate what Josh, um, Josh Charles Dorr from the UMS Online Coaching is asking us here, where Josh is saying um, that he's completed the third phase of the UMS Foundations program and he's going to do testing week, but he's really confused by it and he doesn't really know what to do. Um, and he wants to do uh, a one-on-one -on -one coaching call for it. And to be honest, Josh, um, remove the confusion by not even worrying about testing. Yeah. Remove the confusion by the first time you did this, let's simplify it and don't test anything. Just do those three movements and do a workout with it. Yeah, practice so, the, practice, practice this the tempo. Movements. One of the big breakthroughs this morning I was listening and I was uh, working on uh, retrofitting our new kitchen. So I wasn't actually involved in the coaching, but I could hear the discussions going on on the gym floor. And, you know, there was... Um, a bunch of guys using a metronome, which is what we recommend to get the tempo right and uh, versus people next to them not using the metronome. And I could hear Rad over and over and over again getting involved in the, in the tempo count for people because it is a really big shift to actually do a proper three second eccentric tempo for the first time. It if feels really slow. It feels slow. A lot of the guys are like, surely that's not three seconds when they had the metronome going. And you're like, yeah, that's three seconds. Three seconds starts from zero. Yeah. So the, z the count is zero, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, yeah. the rep ends. Yeah, it's not one, two, Three. That's, yeah. that's actually only a two second eccentric. That's yeah. right. You know, yeah. and so that was the, the, all these things 
the first time you do it, if you're trying to truly test, the actual testing and the recording of all of the weight and all that stuff, that's something that's it's going to overload you. What we recommend here at Unity and when, when we have new members come through, they don't do testing as testing for the first two mesocycles. What they do is they do practice. They just practice the method, they practice the protocols, they get used to using a metronome for the eccentric tempo, they get used to moving at that tempo. And nine times out of 10, what I see as a result of that is their workouts change exponentially after their first practice because they realize, my God, if I don't practice doing proper tempo, then I'm probably not going to be able to do it when I test next time, you know, and, and they get more uh, efficient, their, their um, cues and their techniques get dialed in a little bit, you know, and that's what it's really good for. Yeah. So someone like Josh doing it for the first time, his big win is going to come from just practicing. Exactly. And there's no amount of one-on-one -on -one coaching that, well, that's not true, but if we did a one-on-one -on -one coaching session where we go into real depth explaining it, it's still probably just going to confuse you more. If you're somebody that's already looking at this and going, oh my God, I don't get it, I don't understand it. Let's learn the, the, the most important thing, which is how do you do the movements and how do you do it at the right tempo? Yep. So your workout for this week, you will do all the testing movements and all you're gonna do is do several sets. You might do, like I people in the class this morning that weren't doing the testing, that were just doing that, they said, how many sets should I do? I said, as many as you can. Yep. Just like there's no time, there's no rest period, there's no, just take your time with it. If you get four sets done, great. If you get 10 sets done, great, but just do it in a pace that you can absorb it and that you get the opportunity to really not feel like you're under pressure to get anything done, but you're just taking your reps. And Phil has a really good way of, of talking about this as well for a beginner where even if we say that we want you to do 10 to 12 reps, which you should be doing, Josh, you should be doing sets of about 10 to 12 reps, not six reps, like the testing said, you just want to bank reps. And if you have to break that set into three sets of three, meaning that you do three reps at the three second tempo and then you stop, pause, reset yourself for a second, maybe even re-rack the bar and then unrack it and then do another three reps. Like that's a really good um, thing yeah, for a beginner. Yeah, particularly when you're learning a new skill, I think it can just be like, it's just so common to watch people when they go for a set of 12 that, you know, it starts at the beginning looking pretty good and then by the end it's just so sloppy. And, and, and I know when I'm training, like I kind of get lost a bit along the way for like, especially if you're doing the tempo, like to get to 12 reps, it takes a long time and it can be really hard to keep your concentration. So I think breaking it up and being like, okay, I'm just gonna do three really good reps and then another three really good reps and then another three really good yeah. reps, another three really good reps. It just like dials you in for that, like staying in the moment instead of kind of getting a bit lost and getting sort of floppy throughout. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everybody's at a, at a different stage of their journey, Josh. You gotta remember like the way re we've written the UMS is designed so that somebody that is really experienced that when, you know, if they understand tempo, they understand exercise terminology and all these things, then when they hear this, they'll make sense of it and go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. But for somebody like you that, that this might be a lot of jargon that you haven't heard before and it's, it's quite overwhelming, the, the big win for you is not going to be to come up with some really accurate data for testing. And you might be asking, your next question might be, well, well what, how do I get results for my next program? Um, all you'll do is the, the barbell version of, of the test that you're doing for each of the day. You don't need to know that your back squat or your front squat is, is uh, stronger or weaker. You'll just do a mesocycle where you'll just work on these same movements again. And then the next time you do testing week and you ask the same questions again, you, you, you're really going to feel a little bit more comfortable with it. And, and if you are somebody that's confused by this, you can expect that probably for the first three to four testing weeks, it's going to be practice. Um, and that's time 
really well spent. That, that's re time really well spent to just go through several uh, months where you're just practicing these movements and practicing them and practicing and practicing because that is the first step to developing strength. The first step to developing strength is to understand how to do the movements properly and to understand how to read a program. And mm. then you can start going, okay, let's manipulate the amount of weight that I'm going to lift and all these other variables. Yeah, there's a really deeper. beautiful time is when you like when you're getting first into this sort of stuff where you can basically do anything and you're going to get better and better and better. Yeah, so like yeah. getting really targeted coaching there, like I think it's important for particularly getting the techniques right, but getting like fancy about programming there kind of has not that big of an effect. It's more like it's as little, you start yeah. to get diminishing returns from just doing like turning up and, you know, yep. doing some work as a beginner, that's when you start to get real big benefit from having that sort of one on like really targeted programming, which the testing week is so powerful for. So yep. while you're at the beginning, you're just learning these movements, like you're going to get better if you just turn up and do it. So, yep. um, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. You don't need to worry about all these, all these, whoop. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> Yana, yeah, you might need to do that. No. Phil's, Phil's oh, yeah. not aware of how it goes up. Sorry, those listening on the podcast, um, we've just had a little <laughs> bit had of a, a yeah, yeah. Too bad. Right, let's fix that up later. Um, so yeah, there you go, Josh. Um, again, of course, post any more questions that you have about this, but hopefully that's given you some, uh, you know, some clarity on this. Yeah. Um, just quickly on Lee's question, um, just to quickly answer that one. He's saying he frequently gets cramp in the, his upper leg. I, mean, I guess he means the back of his leg. When I bend my knee back up unaided, is this compression of the hamstring? And how can I overcome this cramping? I can easily touch the ground and when bending forward, stretching the hamstrings. Um, yeah, so basically with this one, you'll find that whenever you're doing uh, inner, um, inner range contraction, so with this one, with the hamstring, which is an extender of the hip and a flexor of the knee, um, that uh, basically in this, in this position you're talking about here, where you're standing, so your hip's extended, and then you're bending your knee as well, um, that's going to put you right into inner range, and that's a kind of classic time for cramping. So... Um, yeah, I think in terms of how you can overcome this, it's I loved um, Joachim when he was here talking about cramps, how there's two different types of cramps. There's a type of cramp that you can kind of bring on like purposefully and then there's the ones that just um, like from doing this sort of inner unit contraction stuff, but then there's the other type of cramp, which is more like if you are you know, dehydrated and exhausted and whatever. And I can't remember quite what he said about the ones I, you can bring I, I on. Do. But he, said, was, he said the ones that you can bring on are like, you treat them like a bully. If you yeah. don't think about them, they tend to go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just put focus on them. Focus so much, on them, yeah. 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 Like it's one of those things that it's just your muscles kind of like getting, trying to figure out how to work in this really different range than one would normally be in. So, um, yeah, I think it's just like the more time you do it and kind of control it and let it relax and do it again and let it relax like you'll start to get better. It's not a flexibility issue. This generally isn't like a salt balance issue. It's just a, your body hasn't been used to being in this position and you just got to expose it. So. And um, uh, Grace Clements is um, uh, correcting you. Lee is a she. What? Uh, who are we talking about? Kevin Lee. Oh, you're talking about Kevin Lee. I think Wait. she thinks you're talking about oh, Lee, Lee Clements. Clements. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Hang guys, on. so... Let's move on to the key uh, of this discussion, the key part of this discussion, which is how to fit rehab in to a training program, because we have had quite a few people pick up um, the rehab modules for different areas of the body. We had some pick up all of them. Um, and uh, there's people asking great questions about how to fit this in. And this really, really aligns with what we've been talking about already, which is, you know, when you are in rehab or you have an issue or an injury that you need to overcome, it does not, mate. <laughs> it does not uh, mean that you need to stop training altogether. 
Uh, it, it, and that's really important. It's actually really important that you don't because you lose strength very, very quickly when you stop training the big global muscles and, and movement patterns. And, you know, there is a lot going on to develop strength. There's, there's sort of six different adaptations that occur. I'm not going to go through all of them, but you know, only one of them is the actual enlargement or, or change in the muscle tissues. The, the, the majority of them are happening with the brain and the central nervous system. And, uh, you, that sort of stuff sort of starts to drop away fairly quickly if you don't um, exercise, if you don't practice. So the, the notion of, okay, I've got a pain in this joint, therefore I'm not going to move anything that surrounds that joint is really, really detrimental to your overall strength and, uh, and can actually cause more instability, which makes you more susceptible to reoccurring or um, uh, an issue or injury reoccurring again afterwards. So we want to um, figure out how to, how to encourage you or we, we, we want you to figure out how to keep training despite your issue. And the most straightforward way to do that is to you know trade out the joint uh, that you've got an injury in with a rehab block, but everything else stays the same. And so if we go around the table and just discuss how that might look, you know. This is particularly um, answering Andy Lawson's question from the live show from Friday asking about fitting in a rehab, um, fitting in shoulder mm -hmm. rehab. And, shoulder he says, rehab yeah. and he says, how often? And he says, daily question mark. So um, yeah, it's it's I think this is a really important discussion because sometimes people do think, oh, you know, I have to like when I'm doing shoulder rehab, that's all I do and I do it every day. But, you know, w with any rehab program, the goal is to build up strength and movement. And, and we know with building up strength that you need, you know, uh, overload and then rest and overload and rest. So I really like this approach and how it fits quite nicely into the, you know, the UMS program is that, you know, you just treat it as on your bent arm strength days, you're doing your shoulder stuff. And then on your squat day, don't think about it. You just do yep. your squat workout. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. With the shoulder rehab program as well, the a lot of those movements, in, in fact, most of them in the earlier stages, um, are just activation movements. So it's a lot about reteaching the scapular stabilizers and the rotator cuff how to switch on and do their job. So you can do, um, I, when I was doing that, I was doing it five days a week, but then I was still doing my regular squat and deadlift workout straight after it and uh, and then when I got strong enough I started to do the bent arm strength workouts on the bent arm strength days but I would still do that initial um, scapular stabilizer activation and rotator cuff activation stuff even on the lower body days so um, yeah we did write that shoulder conditioning program in a way that you could do it more than um, every day. Yeah just having a look at it here it is very much about sort of like scapula and rotator cuff stuff. So yeah. I definitely like with my shoulder, um, when I'm programming shoulder rehab, like I'm still getting in basic sort of push and pull movements or basically, you know, as as whatever level the person's at and, and often someone's quite happy with like a neutral mm -hmm. sort of grip, either push or pull. So I like to keep that balance in and then with the sta more stabilizing um, exercises, that's, yeah, you can certainly do that a bit more frequently. Yeah, awesome. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. And it, it's the same, I guess, with the lower body, with the hips. Uh, you just, you know, if you've got a really um, big issue with a knee or a big issue with a hip um, glute, then you trade out the leg days or the deadlift days for that hip stabilization work or that um, hip rehab work. And guys, no, no matter where you're at with your training, with your goals, with your history, with your injury, 
the, the, the goal is always to get back to the level that you were at as quickly as possible. So, you know, although an injury rehab program that we create might have five phases or several phases, it's really important to understand that, you know, you want to find the entry point that best suits the level of compromise that you're experiencing. So it may not, it may mean that you don't have to start from phase one or go right through the entire program before you return to your regular training. It's about adapting and being flexible like we spoke about last week. Every day that you turn up, you may find that, uh, it, you know, oh, wow, I'm feeling really good today. So you may progress to the next level of the, of the exercises straight away. You know, you don't want to sit and hold yourself back for long periods of time when you could have actually returned to training much quicker. Now, I'll give you a personal example of this. You know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, I, I did some damage to my right elbow being silly and picking up my whole family and trying to carry them through the house, kids and, and, uh, and wife. And, um, it felt like it tore a muscle in my forearm and uh, bicep um, pretty badly. Like I was in a fair bit of pain and, and uh, had very little strength in that elbow. And I got to the gym the next week and I was like, okay, how do I go about training this? Do I go right back to regress to forearm um, uh, rehab stuff or do I, um, and, and the most the most painful was pull-ups and, and bicep curls. That was really, really hard. But what I actually did was I still did pull-ups. I didn't do loaded pull-ups. So I removed the weight that I was strapping to myself and I also reduced the amount of range that I was lifting in. So I was still stimulating the movement and my brain was still getting the stimulus of that complex movement pattern. And then I adapted the bicep curl so that I got it to a point where it was tolerable. It was still uncomfortable, but it was tolerable. And I progressed from that point forward. And last week on Thursday, after about three or four weeks of doing that, I, every workout, I increased the range of movement in my pull-up. Every workout, I was able to increase the range of movement in my bicep curl and lift a little bit more weight. And last week on Thursday was the first workout that I did that I was almost back to normal weight with, with basically no discomfort whatsoever. Um, so, you know, yeah, my, my rehab was actually, and this is why we like to say regression over rehab rather than, oh my God, I'm, you know, taking on this stigma and this identity of being in serious rehab. You know, the level that you regress back is going to be very individual based on your needs. Yeah. And I, like, I really like what you were talking there with the um, changing the range. And I think training within your available range, you can often, with certain injuries, can really load up in just a slightly reduced range and then still get a great strength stimulus um, that will carry over. Best to work with a, um, you know, physio if you're a bit unsure about this, but often with, you know, especially with knee injuries, like, you know, getting... Bless <coughs> you. Squatting past 90 degrees can be aggravating for quite a few knee injuries, but then off, if you are training in less than that range, then you can happily really load up without any issues. So do work with um, someone who can give you some advice to this and um, now, yeah, yeah, that's a, keep that's, kicking goals. It's really important that we do um, press on that issue, uh, press on that point. I'm, I have the luxury, and so does Rad, and so does Richard, that nine times out of 10 when we're training, we're training next to Phil. So if we don't, if we're a little bit unsure, we've got someone else that we can bounce ideas off. And it was actually Phil that suggested, no, don't stop doing pull-ups. If you can do a pull-up in a partial range, then do that. That's your regression, you know, rather than go right back to forearm flexion extension and supination and pronation for me, which probably would have been 
too much of a regression. You know, I was doing that stuff and I did do a little bit of that stuff, but the majority of my rehab came from a regressed version of a bicep curl and a regressed um, uh, range of motion on my pull-ups, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, it is important to align yourself with someone who understands training and who has the um, uh, the you know certifications, the, the the ability to understand the injury as well, you know. Uh, so nine times out of ten, a personal trainer won't suffice. You'll need a physiotherapist, but you also need a physiotherapist who understands movement and exercise, and uh, and is not just um, you know going to wrap you in cotton wool. <laughs> it's, it's really important. <laughs> it's a thing. It is. It absolutely is. And guys, yeah, you've most of you have got uh, got the ability to uh, hook up with Phil online, and uh, and he can give you the exact same advice he gives us, unless awesome. you're in America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, guys, that's it for today. Uh, remember, uh, if you are part of the UMS um, online coaching group, Friday at 9.15, we're going to be kicking off the weekly group coaching calls again. Uh, it's going to be a good one this week because we're going to be able to help you out with your testing. So get testing this week and submit your testing videos if you'd like us to critique them, and we will critique them live on the um, live coaching call. And Josh, you've asked... You said you wanted to do some one-on-one -on -one coaching with us. Be on that call, brother, because there's a high likelihood that you will be getting one-on-one -on -one coaching on that call. Yeah, there's absolutely. There's always a small uptake of people that jump on these calls, and that is your opportunity. You don't need to pay us an extra cent. It's a part of your UMS online coaching subscription. But be on that call at 9.15 a.m. straight after this show. On Friday. On Friday. Yeah, there's and a very high probability, up. mate, that you'll be like one of the only people live on, yep. the, on the stream. Yep. So get on there and um, we'll and you know get any questions that you have uh, based on what we spoke about today and what your question is and, and, and we'll, um, yeah, yeah. we'll answer it for I you. I dare say, yeah, your one-on-one -on -one coaching is booked in at 9.15 on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.